Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today there's only one other person with me, and it's Pole's founder, Leo Kokonen. Now, Pole is a Finnish brand who manufactures some pretty wild-looking bikes by machining the entire frame out of billet aluminum. I think some of you guys remember the stamina. More recently, you might have seen their equally crazy-looking Voima e-bike, or you might know Pole from many years earlier when their Evo Link was one of the earliest bikes to support much longer and slacker geometry. Now, we're going to talk about all of that today, as well as a whole bunch more, and who knows what else. But first, Leo, thanks for coming on. Uh, how are you, and where are you right now? <laughs> um, I'm good. Um, nice to be here. Thanks for, thanks for inviting. I'm actually driving uh, home from from Helsinki, and um, uh, I'm going to Louis Vasco. So I'm somewhere in between the travel. So you're doing this interview on the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm driving my car and yeah, I have my AirPods and yeah. That, All right. That's, yeah, that's how I, I, I was planning to do it some, uh, some, somehow else, but something came up. All right. All right. So before we get to talk to manufacturing and all that, uh, I want to talk about you first, Leo. And I want to know, what the heck were you doing before this whole mountain bike thing was around? Before before you started Pole, what were you doing for work? And where did you go to school and all of that stuff? My background is in um, in industrial design. So I'm an industrial designer. And uh, um, I studied industrial design in Kuopio, uh, which is a city in in. in in Uvascula, sorry, in Finland. And uh, after the school, I found the company just right up, right after, and um, uh, it was an industrial design company. And and uh, I had multiple customers from different fields, and I ran the industrial design company with my my co-founders until I ran into a point where I was thinking that I'm, I'm designing a lot of stuff to others. And I, my, my, my uh, goal was to have my own product or, uh, or being like a true entrepreneur kind of. Yep. And I, I was, I, I've been into bikes since I was kids. I always loved bikes and, and I've been, Riding bikes, um, I, I love the the idea of bicycle because you you self powered vehicle so to speak, and and you can go from place to another quite easily by just a uh, little effort, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And uh, and and I was drawing bicycles since I was a kid, and and but uh, cycling wasn't my sport when I was younger. I was um, I was doing judo. No, so that was my hobby, so to speak. But I, I had mountain bikes. Uh, like where I lived, there there wasn't any kind of. Um, we didn't know anything about like downhilling or anything because uh, where I lived, we only had three t- TV stations. So if you wanted to know about something, you need to know somebody from a bigger city who had a cable network, and you could uh, they could record. Uh, Eurosport to VHS or something like that, or if you even wanted some uh, different music, you, you had to know somebody who can record 
MTV and then uh, pick a song and then call to our capital Helsinki and make them order that record to you. So acquiring songs, uh, new music took months. So basically I was just into biking and I bought my first mountain bike just looking at brochure in a sports shop. And and yeah, that was that was really something I I I, <laughs> I rode that bike to the bitter end of that bike really uh snap cranks uh, doing uh tricks at skate parks which which the skaters hated um and uh yeah so uh 2013 uh we found at pola so in short that is yeah. yeah what what kind of products were you designing if i could ask before before your you started the mountain bike business yeah um there was so much different. So, so we were uh, doing broadly uh, industrial uh, design for uh, part of paper machine, for example. There was uh, some uh, problems that engineers were trying to solve, and then they uh, gave us the problem, and we we um, got creative and kind of uh, did 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 concepting, and some some ideas were pretty good and went to production. Then uh, there's a tractor uh, factory in in, um, in Yvaskuland. Um, we did some user interfaces. Um, there's DJ equipment. I was working as a DJ oh. when I was uh, studying. So I kind of- uh, Whoa, 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 good, whoa. Good. Stop yeah. right there, Leo. Can, can I find Leo's DJ tracks online somewhere? <laughs> no, no. That was oh. I was playing, dude. I was playing LPs and CDs. So, I mean, vinyl and CDs. So, yeah. So I no, there's no no playlist. Oh dang! I have a playlist, but uh, that's that's my music taste is like I'm going like I you listen uh, heavy metal and next song is Weekend or something like that. It's just yeah. It goes. Uh, I I listen to anything which I like. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Leo, you sound like a serial entrepreneur and and i've met people like you before entrepreneurs you're i feel like you're a different breed and you're very very motivated i mean you you have to be you've started two companies at this point who knows you might you might start three, another three, one three hawk norris is one more three companies at this point yeah is this like did you always know you're going to be your own boss, you're going to start your own companies. Was that always in the back of your mind? You didn't want to be somebody else's employee? Um, I don't know, dude. I just, um, I've always wanted to do, I, I, I've, uh, I'm very creative, extremely creative. I can get ideas, a lot of um, viable ideas fast of almost anything that I put my head into. So, um, I think that's just the only place I can be, uh, mm -hmm. like an entrepreneur. So, um, I couldn't imagine myself in a corporate world. It's just, um, I wouldn't fit, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I so founded the, the, um, industrial design company just out of, um, there wasn't any spots available, so to speak, and it's been in a small world and, Industrial design is not something that people understand that great. And, and when 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 I graduated graduated two thousand four, um, yeah, it 
it, it's there was only few kind of companies that you could go work into. So I was more into I, I'll it would be I, I thought it's easier to get uh, assignments if you have your company. You can just just send invoices afterwards. It's it's not like you make it like a like a employee contract and all that. So you're yeah, and you have more opportunities. You can sell small start small start small and grow from there and and yeah that's how we did it's like chasing the first 1000 euro deal was <laughs> it was hard man the, yeah. the like the first deal of 5000 was like it's it's it was it we started really really small i was still djing and i sold my car and bought a really small and crappy one to i, I put that money into the company and and yeah it was uh yeah just um we just started swinging I, we don't didn't have a lot of uh, like um experience of on anything really but but school and and a lot of passion and yeah yeah that company is, is still uh exists with with my colleagues i sold my shares um uh after a while i've i've had pola so yeah so um yeah yeah you know i i mean this is a compliment leo this is a this is definitely a compliment I can't picture you in the corporate world either, to be completely honest. <laughs> I like you out there Probably. doing your own shit. <laughs> it's great. Thank you. I, I yeah. think I think everyone agrees. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about bikes. Uh, when you first introduced that Evil Link, I think you. I mean, I know you definitely had some resistance to the the bike's geometry. People possibly including me was saying that it was too long too slack for a lot of riders and a lot of trails and you know what dude and history guess, has and you definitely me proven of, me wrong well. oh yeah yeah for sure i mean i was yeah. wrong um but thinking back how difficult was that in the moment you have this bike and this geometry that you believe in and mountain bike media not just us other people were I mean, they were not believers at first. We people were making it difficult for you. So, what was that like at first, back then? Um, I have to give credit to Paul Aston at this point. Yeah, um, for sure. To 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 picking picking Bolle from from kind of he was he was interested uh, mm -hmm. in in doing things different. So, um, so um. Yeah, so there was a lot of resistance because um, our bikes were 15 to 20 centimeters longer than the, uh, in the wheelbase than the the others, and uh, I remember uh, Endro magazine's uh, Monna Schmidt uh, interviewing me in Finale in EWS, which I raced with one of our prototypes and asking uh, like, "What do you think?" He was also like, he spotted the bike from from the uh queue where we're queuing to the start and he's he came to me i want to see you later and um and he he asked me um that what do you after the interview that what do you think that is the bigger companies going to pick pick up the geometry and i said um i think that after five years every, every bike will be similar not exactly the same. Of course, uh, the companies have their own way of doing things, but but they're yeah. gonna they're gonna follow. 
and Rene Wildhaber was there as well. He he was. They were doing a story about the new track, and he hopped on the bike and he was he pumped around. There's a photo in the in the story as well of him on the bike, and and he was like, yeah, it would he would need a little smaller. He's he's a uh, yeah, he's not not as tall, but. But it was a fun moment uh, back then, and and yeah, there was so much, um, so many people just, just nothing was right uh, about the bike in the forums, and um, yeah. and I was a lot, I, I was doing a lot of uh, commenting and arg- arguments and all that, uh, <laughs> making my point in in the forums and and uh, just trying to explain, which was, I don't know, if it, was it worth it or not. But uh, I, I, we'll talk I, about I, the comments I, I, later on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll engage uh, conversation. It's just my style. But I mean, yeah, it's, it was so different. It's different looking. The C tube angle. Uh, everything was like I my 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 um, uh, perception of anti squat. How 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 the suspension work and all that was was totally different. And also in suspension, uh, we haven't talked about that a lot but the suspension has changed quite a lot uh, as well to to that direction what i had back then in my mind so um i'm not saying i'm right at everything kind of but but I, but things have moved into that direction which uh, what i was thinking back then yeah and yeah it's it's there was a lot of resistance to be honest and and yeah paul Aston did did kind of he he did good Good job, kind of um, picking up that trend yeah. at that time, and um, and re- reviewing us and Nikolai and and uh, talking about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I remember. So you sent us that stamina one forty for the field test, and I yeah. remember before I got on that bike. So I'm a rider that. I don't really care what the right line is. I like to like skid around and like have fun, whatever. It doesn't really matter. So for me, like all out speed isn't really the thing I'm after. It's just, I just want to have fun, you know, with same as a lot of other people out there. And before I got on your bike, I had assumed such a big, long thing, which it is relative to other bikes, especially at the time. I thought, man, there's no way I'm going to be able to throw this thing around. And what I discovered is that that stamina gave me so much confidence and the bike had so much like poise and stability that it felt like it was slowing down things that were coming at me, which then let me be even more playful. Like this thing had, I don't know how long the front end was. Like it was a 480 at the time, which was much, it sounded much longer in 2019, everybody. And it had a 450 millimeter rear end. And I remember I got on that bike and after I rode it for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, I realized I could chuck this thing around so much. And the reason for that, because I felt safe on the bike and it had confidence and stability. It was, man, I was, I was blown away. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually had that one, uh, 180 as well. So I met you at Crankworks and you were saying that you're not surprised about the downhilling capabilities. Yep. But you're surprised how good is it? Good it is as a trail bike. Yeah, that everywhere, uh, and that that is the thing that um, my driver on design 
of engineering a bike is that uh, where I live, we have uh, it's there's no big hills. Uh, there's it's it's flat everywhere, but we have so harsh trails. There's literally rocks and roots everywhere, and it's really harsh. And and um, my um, my vision of of the the um, of the design was that it should do good on all of those flat, basically cross. Like it's not well how to say like trail cross country whatever like yeah flat, and then when you go big mountain as well. So first was the machine. And I actually got the idea of stamina in Whistler when we were there uh, 2018 on Crankworks and we were doing um, crazy trains and um, um, dark crystals and all that. And uh, like in the morning, and then, um, then we went to a bike park and did I don't know how many laps on a line or whatever. Yeah. And we were doing that laps. 10 days in a row. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 10 days in a row. And, and my legs were like, so, so done. And I thought that it, it would be cool to have more travel, even more travel and to be able to do more of this. So, so that was the, where, where stamina came from. And so that, I, I, that, that it has to be able to go, uh, pedal good and well everybody wants that so it's kind of a everybody wants to have a bike that pedals good and is good on downhill yeah. and all that so yeah well there's nothing new to it into that desire so yeah yeah you know one one thing i also noticed with that bike i couldn't quite put my finger on it but it, it aside from the handling it also felt different on the trail like it it felt it didn't have tire inserts or anything in it. All the bikes are on the same set of tires, same tire pressure, uh, similar suspension to or like same fork shock, whatever. Um, but the bike itself felt quite a bit different on the trail, like almost more damped in a way. Is there anything going on like with frame construction that would would explain why that bike felt a little different? That maybe you yeah, could put into um, words. Yeah. Um... The frame stiffness is one one, and and um, yeah, the, the frame has to have certain amount of flex. The frame itself, so so um, that is one part of the riding correct characteristics. So so well, if we talk about suspension, um, tires are one. What tires do you have? Um, then if you have inserts, that's one, of course, the, the wheels is one if the uh, carbon fiber wheels are a lot harsher than, uh, aluminum wheels. Um, but then, uh, then you have the frame itself. And if your frame is, um, very stiff, it's, it's, um, it's going to feel more harsh and, uh, and let's, let's say so that if you corner a bike, which is really stiff. And you you're you don't have enough speed it's not, not um it's not so easy to turn uh, so flex more flexible laterally flexible frame can turn easier on lower speeds so to speak and and uh, with certain type of suspension design like uh uh in in wise and damping wise on on the shock 
um, all these together make your ride a certain way. So what, for example, on stamina, um, how we, um, how we uh, have our, for example, rock shocks um, damping is that um, back then they didn't have the linear rebound damping. So we ended up having high rebound, low compression. So the least amount of compression damping you can get away with on a bike, uh, the, the easier it goes uh, on, on a, a high frequency bumps, which means roots and rocks and all that can shatter. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and also when when you have high rebound, it means that you might have your rebound open. The, so the low speed, which is the high frequency that uh, beginning stroke stuff, so you can make your bike go easier on on like a normal ride. But when you hit some big stuff, it's not kicking your feet. Um, like the bike doesn't push you up before you're recovered. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any like do you understand? Um, yeah, no, so, that makes so, complete sense. Yeah, so so um because the 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 spring grade is always the same kind. Let's say not same with different riders, but but the spring grade we know. So we could design a perfect rebound setting for a certain rider by just um knowing their weight. Uh, not 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 only the weight, but I mean how much spring rate do you have? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so because that's always the same. No matter how hard you hit anything, like anything, the the rebound force is always the same if you have the same spring. So, um, but on the commercial side, we don't know that. So, so we need to think broadly on what what kind of spectrum your riders are and designing um, um, the damping for the shock is. A little bit more complicated, but um, we can do a lot with the with the uh, leverage ratio, and uh, so what what kind of leverage we use um, progressive leverage ratio. So um, so the the idea is that uh, with the beginning of stroke, the 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 the, uh, the bike feels um, lively, so you have that little pop. And uh, in the mid-stroke, it starts to get harder to push the bike down. So that gives you the pedaling platform. Uh, and at the end, ending stroke, you, you, ha- you have, like, it's getting harder and harder to, towards the end. And, yeah, depending on the time I've designed the bike, there, there could be some linearity at the end of the uh, uh, ending stroke because some of the air, air shocks couldn't be compressed. Uh, all the way through, if, if you would have two two uh, linearly progressive leverage ratio, so yeah. we went to the deep end really fast. But I mean, um, I think bike as a whole, there's there's uh, I, how I design the bike. I see everything on the bike all together in my mind. How how things affect each other, and that's 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 how I formed the concept. And okay. the dampening, what you ask about, is all all of, all of this combined, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I want to talk about geometry for just a minute. We're we're going to talk about geo later on in the podcast as well. Um, but I was on your website before we started recording this. You have your Voima e-bike. 
Uh, am I right in saying that maybe it's the reach is a little shorter than some of your previous bikes? Which I guess my question is, are we are we at the limit of current geometry and other things are going to have to change before we can do make some um, more drastic changes? Yeah, we changed the sizing from from uh, small, medium, large, etc. to K1, K2, K3. K is coco, it means size. Yeah, coco is finished and these signs. So, um, and we've um, we have more experience of uh, from our customers and ourselves from from the um, from the geometries and um, and the sizing. So. What we can see there is that we define the the bikes uh, with your riding style. So if you want to have a nimbler bike, of course you go with the smaller one. And if you want to have stable and you you want uh, a stable ride and go fast, you can go get the uh, the the kind of the old the same same that we have uh, recommended earlier. So, for example, um, I I'm riding K2. I'm 179, so I'm between uh, kind of our scale from K2 to K3. But as mm -hmm. well, I might ride the K1, and I I've been riding the K1 as well and K3 as well. So, but with K1, I feel that when I get out of corners, when I'm riding racing, I'm I'm. I'm turning too much always. I'm kind of it's it's unstable ride for me. So and K2 is pretty pretty good in playfulness and the the speed for me. And mm -hmm. K3 is it's it's kind of too too train like and I, it takes the fun out of my rides, kind mm -hmm. of. But it's I would say that I'm faster with the K K3 to a certain. Point of if we go this French style really twitchy track, so then it wouldn't be. But yeah, so yeah. so the 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 reach sizes are the same actually. It's four fifty okay. as a uh, small uh, medium K K two is four eighty and so forth. We haven't changed that. Okay, okay. It's just so your smallest size is four fifty, Leo. Just to be yeah. clear, <laughs> what a yeah, what a reach, time to be alive, eh? Yeah. So uh, uh, one thing about reach is that um, re reach figure doesn't tell you all about the sizing of the bike because um, it depends uh, what's your AC, uh, axle to crown, and what's the head tube size. Yeah. So what I've tried to standardize and, and on our uh, bike design is that the, our reach is similar what it's on our other bikes. I'm trying to kind of find the so all the bikes would be similar size in the cockpit. Yeah. 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 Have you have you built bikes that are too big, like prototypes that you said, like, oh, this is way too far. This is not going to work and had to take it back um, a bit? Not the reach, but I, I've tried uh, as slack as possible, similar to your your Grim Donut kind of. Yeah. What did so, you find? So I, I've done. Well, it can be too slack for sure. So, I mean, I. I mean, you can ride those like like you found yourself as well with a Grim Donut. It's rideable, but I mean, it's all about the, the what you want to achieve. What's the like, what kind of experience you want to have on your bike, and what's the um, yeah. So, going only for for uh, for certain type of 
geometry just to make it different is not the point because if you look at it look look one uh at 140 evolink which we came out which is what was which i believe it's the benchmark for for many other companies as well which they have looked so um we haven't really changed our concept since well i designed that 2015 so seven years mm-hmm. so if you look at other companies they've been changing every year a little bit well we have changed the travel and we have changed well c tube angle is is steeper for sure for voima but yeah yeah before we move on to manufacturing questions i've got a lot of manufacturing questions before we get there if you had to ride another brand's bike and it's not nikolai who who are you choosing? What what brand and what model would you be happy on, Leo? I'm not Bolle. So so I have to pick from other brands, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, dude, I really don't think about it at all. Um I would I would need to um um can I answer this a little bit later? I have to kind of um yeah. process a little bit because I, there's 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 so many brands and um and uh, yeah, which bike? E-bike or 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 um, e-bike no. or mountain bike? Enduro or something? Mountain, mountain bike. bike. Non non motorized. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Non motorized. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you think you think about it. Let me think about it. the next question. I I ask that later. So okay. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll come back to that. So I think a lot of people know yeah. your story about you originally wanted to make a carbon frame. You discovered that it was pretty nasty for the planet. So you wanted to do something different. Um, why are you machining giant pieces of aluminum? Like I, as someone who's looking in from the outside, it looks to me like you tubes would be easier. Like everybody knows about tubes, you know, aluminum tubes, you get them, you weld them together. So why did, how the heck and why did you end up machining entire frames out of pieces of billet aluminum, Leo? Well, it's, it's quite uh, efficient. So when people think that it's, it's, inefficient because it takes so long time in the machine but if you think about um carbon fiber manufacturing for example um or tubes you have so many different steps that you need to make before before the bike is actually uh, a complete bike so if we think about like carbon fiber so so first you need the eps inner mold mm-hmm. and that has to be made in in a, in a mold uh, so you, so you, could, you need a plastic mold for that. Then you need to cover that with uh, silicone. So that's like so it's it's it works with the carbon fiber. Then you need to make the carbon fiber itself. Uh, we weave. Then you need the um, resin. Uh, usually they make pre-preg. Um, mm-hmm. Then you need to cut it. Um, then you lay up the carbon to the EPS uh, mold. Um, then you join stuff and then you uh put in the mold you uh you you heat it up you have you need pressure inside and outside you have the yeah the plastic bag in in on on the sorry you need the plastic bag on the eps as well and all that kind of stuff so um then you enter a phase when you uh get the carbon frame from the mold then you need to maybe machine some surfaces. Then you bond it again with, uh, for example, if you have a swing arm, it's n- never going to be one complete. You need to bond these two halves together. 
Then you need to sandblast it. Then you need to uh, um, use a filler. Then you paint it. You put stickers. Then you lacquer it. Then then it's kind of there. Mm-hmm. So with CNC machining, uh, how we do it is we we have block of we have billet. We machine the insides. We bond it. We machine the outsides. Uh, we surface treat it. That's done. So, so it's 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 amazing how fast you can actually make bikes with with CNC machines, which are robots basically. And you don't need to um, do so much. Uh, we don't need so much labor. So, but by the way, all that stuff which I explained on on um, carbon fiber, that's a labor. You need people to do all those phases. Yeah. And and um, so. Um, and there's the more faces you have, the the more likely something can get go yeah. wrong as well. All those so, pieces of carbon are hand laid up by by people yeah. by hand. Yes, you know? yes, and yeah. There's some companies who say that they have robot layup stuff, and I'm I haven't seen anything any anything any videos of that, but I guess they there are. But um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see more more data about that, but but um, I mean, still um, labor labor intensive stuff is something that I I want to avoid. And oh, if we talk about tubes, I could explain that process as well if you want. Yeah. So um, so first you need the you need to extrude the tubes. So you have. Um, aluminum which you melt and then you extrude it to tubes then you uh need to uh shape the if you have double butted you shape the inside uh so the ends of the tube is a little bit thicker than the inside um and then you need to bend it for if it's going to hydroform you bend it to a certain shape or if it's a straight tube then it's straight then you need the mold for what the shape the the tube will be and then you uh you uh, connect the water lines to the tube. You press the mold in. You put pressure. The pressure puts the uh, tube into the shape of, of the uh, tube, what it's going to be. Um, then uh, then you laser cut it. Then you need to wash it. Uh, then you need to uh, uh, um, treat it with, treat again um, with... Um, Sorry, I'm missing the word. Anyway, um, chemical Lots treatment. Of stuff. Then, uh, yeah, welding. You need the jigs. You need to weld a spot weld first. Then you weld. Then you heat treat it to uh, to soft uh, soft soft state. So then you manually align the bike. So so when you weld it, the the aluminum frames are never straight. So you have guy with a crowbar. He's just yeah. has uh, jigs. He's checking everything straight. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's good. And uh, then you go another heat treatment um, phase. Uh, again, you need to passivate the the it's passivation passivation. So so passivate the frame. Then you start the uh, surface treatment. So even the aluminum tube uh, uh, process is sim- sim- more simple than carbon fiber. So to speak. yeah. Um, so so. Um, yeah, what the downside of CNC machine from billets is that we lose a lot of material. Like there's a lot of scrap. 
However, that can be recycled. So, so that's not the uh, that's not a problem. And we can reduce that scrap um, all the time. So we can start from small and small billets, uh, and we can, for example, links. We can do them in 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 big big block, which we can optimize how how much um, there is uh, material left over. So. So uh, um, we're getting a lot better, and we we are approaching not mass production, but significant uh, increase in production numbers, and and that is always good in industrial production. And we can automate a lot more things in the future. So it's not only like when we started doing machine and stamina, we 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 had so much um, uh, labor. Uh, that we have got ri- rid of now with Voima. So we have uh, um, 70% of hand labor has been cut away from, oh, from wow. our processes just just by moving from stamina to Voima. Wow. Okay. I have I have many questions, Leo. I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> uh, okay. It's not, so... We're not going to be through in one hour. I would, no, I, I don't think I, so. It's already 40 minutes. It's oh, already no. 40 minutes, dude. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get rolling then. So first off, how long from start to You're finish? You're going to put it in two, two episodes. <laughs> okay. Hopefully not. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. How, how yeah. long from start to finish does it take to make a frame? All parts, all together, I would say um, uh, 24 hours is one frame, all the faces, everything, so, so that it's 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 uh, in in a package for okay. to, to deliver. So one one frame is 24 hours. All all like I'm calculating CNC labor, like machine time, and all that. Yeah. So that's everything is included. Okay. Um... Where where are these blocks of aluminum coming from, and what what kind of aluminum is it, and why do you use this aluminum? I assume it's a special aluminum. Yes, seven seven five T six aluminum is is widely used in airspace, uh, space, uh, all high end industries that that need high tensile strength uh, and light uh, material properties, and um, yeah, it's it's almost twice as harder material uh, as uh, conventional 6061, which is in most of the aluminum bikes. So what it means is it's not stiffer, but it's you can, you can bend it far more and it goes back to its original shape. Let's like to put it simple. So yeah. if you think about airplane, when you, whenever you go to airplane, look at the wings, they, the wings go quite a here they bend quite a lot and how many times they do that in the life cycle of the of the airplane so that is a kind of a, a thing that it's um uh it's the benefit of that so what it means in bicycle design is that we can create thinner wall thicknesses uh mm-hmm. to the bike and we can uh make larger tube diameter which means stiffness so mm-hmm. So it's it's still robust, but we can go bigger and we can make stiffer frame from aluminum with less material. Okay, let's put it put it simpler. So you've you painted a, a pretty rosy picture here of how you manufacture these frames. It, it's definitely interesting, but I guess my question yeah. is, well, why isn't anybody else doing this, Leo? If it sounds like it makes a lot of sense, 
So why aren't we seeing yeah. more people do this? It's it's hard. That's why it is. It's it's like I mean, it's easy now, but we've had so much. We put so much work into into the engineering and trying and trial and error and like hundreds of thousands of euros into development only. And yeah, we failed as well uh, publicly. I said, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, yeah. There's Acto Five is kind of doing similar thing what we did with stamina, um, and uh, yeah, it's like I've been using like I don't know like all my time to figure out how to do it better and better and better, and and we have patents and applied patents like a lot so so we could uh also secure our um intellectual property in 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 this field um because how how we see it is that uh, when when i when i got the idea of of cnc machining the frames bonding it i started calculating does it make any sense in business wise as well of course it's yeah. business and we need to make it viable in 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 uh in customer point of view and also business point of view and it makes quite a lot of sense uh when when we have refined the process and i would say that it's not the first uh thought of making things mm -hmm. so um people have asked can we try 3d printing and all that but if if you think about 3d printing as well and uh, like bonding tubes like after the are doing it that's labor intensive as well if you, mm -hmm. if you, there's a video of, of how they do it, that there's so many processes, like those steps in process that they need to do uh, manually. So how I'm looking at it is that the customer um, benefit is that they, they can get really uh, high performing bike with um, high materials and, and, um, and with, without any, um, if you look at the Boimer price, it's pretty competitive as well. So it's like, it's not, the price is not crazy as well. Mm -hmm. So so all of these things align and we can do it in, in wherever we want. Basically, we can put a factory. It's, it's um, you can copy the factory as well if we want to. So mm -hmm. so we can produce in, in Europe. Now we're producing in Finland. We have a factory in Finland. We're investing into it, into the factory as well. So, um, and it's uh, like, even though we've had uh, breakages uh, and failed product, it is super strong, really. And we've uh, passed the FB test, and and yeah, it's it, it it works when now that we have got everything right. Yeah. So. It, it's it's a it's new technology that we have created, and that's why others don't have it. That's put it simple way. You you mentioned something just a couple of minutes ago. You said it's been pretty public. Um, I mean, your development process has been very public, largely thanks like social media and, yeah. and comment sections on websites like Pinkbike. Um, man. I've I've read a lot of comments about lead times, warranties, and stuff like that, and I think that the Pinkers are going to be pretty angry if I don't ask you about that stuff. So first off, I know you've got a new factory. 
Um, what are the lead times now? Uh, what is the warranty situation like? And what have you done to change and help that those things? Well, warrants, uh, let's start with warranty. Uh, we have warranted all staminas that had any issues. So there's no loose ends. Okay. So that's that what we uh, we we changed management. I took over the CEO position and first thing I did, I I I told I I hired person to just uh just handle all those uh, loose ends with uh staminas. So we mm-hmm. replaced so many frames that had any any issues with them and and uh, corrected that situation which was got out of hands basically mm-hmm. so there was so many that the, there was problems with covid and all that on top of that and uh and yeah i wanted to set that right and um yeah it's um uh, well one thing there is that there was some photos on on online that um that had some failures on our bikes those are the only like uh, there's one that has a um, um, shock mount kind of pushed into the frame and one is failed head tube. Those are the only ones that has that kind of failure rate. So most of our failures were uh, delaminating on, on the bonding somewhere else on the frame. So not catastrophic is, failures. No, it's just it makes the bike really uh, like a, lose like a it's it's it uh, well if you lose that um bonding lamination in the top tube for example it's so flexy after that yeah. you notice it immediately uh, so so um yeah and um and uh yeah our we learned our lesson the warranties and 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 that's that's what we well, we learned that, and now we're handling everything as quick as possible. Lead yeah. times wise, um, when we pre-sold our Voimas uh, one year, roughly one year ago, uh, we had to change the motor. We were going for Brosa, and we changed the motor to Bosch with uh, several reasons: our uh, service networks, uh, lead times. All, all, all kind of things. So we went with Bosch, and and uh, uh, we we changed the the down tube where the battery is and the motor motor mounting and all that. We didn't change anything else really. And yeah, the, we wanted it to pass the FB test as well to make sure everything is fine, works. And then we started ramping up the production, and we delivered. Uh, we started with from the frame sets because we didn't have any components because the components are late yeah. everywhere. So we started uh, delivering the frame sets and everything was going okay. And uh, then we got noticed that there's no batteries. Like mm. uh, we on the week we should got a lot of batteries. Uh, we got noticed that there isn't any batteries coming. Oh, no. So. Yeah, so so that was uh, end of May, and then we had to start informing customers that because we were waiting on other components that we should land then, and we should, we were ready to start delivering and everything. We were producing the uh, frames and all that, and then we were just starting to wait on the batteries. And um, 
And but in the meantime, we just refined the factory, put the numbers up. Uh, uh, we were ramping up. We didn't stop the production, and now we're at the point that we're selling September. So, so basically, um, I don't know the current situation. I've been in the office, but yeah. So, if you order bike now, you will get the bike in September. So okay. Lead time is getting pretty short. So we're, we're getting material, we have all the parts, and we're selling only completes at the moment because we have parts. Yeah, okay, okay. You said earlier that you wanted to produce these frames in a higher volume. Um, how does that work when you're, when you're bringing in these big chunks of aluminum? Like, first of all, what is higher volume? How many frames a year would you guys aim to sell, like to sell? And then, um, I mean, I, I also want to talk about waste products because that's been that's definitely been a topic that people are interested in. Um, I want to know how much waste is produced off one of these pieces of billet aluminum. Like, you end up with a frame that weighs, you know, seven or eight pounds, whatever it weighs. How much does this block weigh when it comes in? How much goes off to recycling? How much is waste? Well. Waste, no, I wouldn't say waste, scrap, or I don't know, to recycling. Uh, it's going to go um, at the moment roughly, I would say, 96%. Okay. Something like that. So yeah. so it's pretty hefty number. But I, yeah, it's a billet and we take, like, if you think about it, like, a, uh, it's only a frame weighs roughly three to four, uh, the e-bike frame is roughly four kilos and normal like three kilos. And so, 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 um, yeah, if you think about the billets that are like 30 to 50 millimeter thick, they're going to, it's they're easy heavy. if you draw, yeah. draw, yeah, the, it's, it's going to go to 90 kilos or everything basically. And then you get out of like three kilos or four kilos or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And then but, you said yeah. that stuff goes to recycling as well. Does it get recycled in Finland or does it get sent somewhere else? How does, how, what's that process like? In Finland? Yeah. You asked where does it, uh, where the aluminum com comes from? That was your other question, which you, yeah. uh, which, which I didn't answer. So, um, well, we purchased the, the aluminum from a, uh, like a supplier, which acquires the, the, uh, specific uh, quality of aluminum from from Europe, and uh, they get their raw aluminum from uh, uh, there's very various places. For example, Iceland is a good place to make aluminum because they have uh, um, a lot of uh, like like they have free energy basically coming out of the ground. And about the bauxite, which is the the material that aluminum is made from is usually in southern hemisphere so yeah. the bauxite mines are somewhere there however there's always recycled materials when because metals they recycle forever there's only a little amount of you lose in the recycling process so basically some of our aluminum is most likely recycled aluminum and and some is virgin so that is impossible to trace altogether yeah. to to the uh, to the origins, but this is how it works. Well, basically, they buy like eight ton piece of aluminum, start making their own mixture of of how to make the seven oh seven fine, then they temper that into 
into uh, like plates of thickness from whatever people need, the, the companies need and so forth. Yeah. All right, Leo, I obviously don't know anything about recycling aluminum. Surprise, surprise. When you, when you guys want to get those, those, uh, those scraps or whatever you want to call them from making a frame recycled, does, does your company have to pay to get those taken away or, or how does the recycling work? No, it's the opposite. We we get get paid to oh. uh, we sell the material. So so that that is kind of a like if you if you if you have value on your scrap, it means that somebody needs it and uh, wants it. So so that's that's um it's it's it, it is um yeah, they they pay us quite okay of the scrap material so what happens to that it could smell it's going to go to recycling facility in finland there's a smelter they smelt it and sell it uh like a chunk of aluminum somewhere Mm -hmm. and somebody starts Mm -hmm. to process again so it's it's pretty straightforward easy yeah Yeah. okay um speaking of that i mean you've been you've been pretty vocal with your views about the environmental benefits of aluminum over carbon that's why you're making aluminum bikes and not carbon bikes uh, but at the same time, you have an e-bike that has a big old battery bolted to it. How do you reconcile those two things? Well, yeah, I think it's a good question. And um, to answer that is, um, I don't remember the exact number on top of my head, but lithium batteries, can the part of it can be recycled as well. So... I don't remember if it was 60 or 80, 80%. Somebody can look it up. But anyway, mm-hmm. there's a recycling process. Um, if we compare it to the carbon, carbon fiber doesn't have a recycling process. It's just waste management mainly. So if we compare it to that. Um, so, well, you can kind of recycle carbon. You burn the resin off and then you get that fiber but that i'm not sure anybody's doing that leo nobody's doing that yeah yeah (laughs) nobody's doing that but 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 this is what you could do but this there's no money you nobody can make money of of doing that so nobody's doing that so it's just landfill i believe because um the air airline industry is creating most of the carbon scrap and those those like there's an in nevada there's shitloads of old planes just sitting around like yep. like nobody's doing anything to them so uh so so at least uh, and also with lithium there's there's um there's i think there's at least uh, a need to recycle it as well because we need more lithium for electric cars and whatnot mm-hmm. so i think there's a there's um, there's a there's 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 business to be made with recycling batteries, so so that is that is the thing. But yeah, um, we well anyway. If you fly in an airplane or whatever, you you make a lot of emissions anyway. And uh, like I I'm not saying that we're saving the world by making the is making. A few thousand aluminum bikes. So, Mm -hmm. but the point, my point is, with with those statements, is that um, 
we we are not neglecting things like that. So if we know a better way of doing things, uh, the, like what should be done in the future, yeah. kind of moving forward to to um, you, using recyclable stuff is is what I what what is the statement and. Um, and um, yeah, my my goal is also better quality and longer lasting products. That's yeah. the the whole the the the, the philosophy be, behind Bola's products is that I I want to create products that are like you know when you buy tools you you can buy a cheap tool or uh, an expert like good proper tool and and you know that with the cheap tool you either broke the break the tool when you're doing something or you mangle the the target you're working on for example if you talk about allen keys and yeah. and when you get the precise tool it is going to be so good that you you can leave that to your son after you you you're done yeah. i mean yeah. when you're dead so uh so i don't believe bikes are going to long last that long because they're be, they're going to be ridden hard shredded and but anyway that's the that's the mentality that what i'm having when i design the bikes and all of mm -hmm. our products i i definitely like that way of thinking like that mentality it, it does make a lot of sense to me but i mean if we were just to criticize just us in general mountain bikers in general i feel like yeah mountain bikers like our mindset needs to change as well like every every two years a lot of people, or one year, get a new bike or a ton of new gear. In a way, like that, almost it makes it like you're creating this frame that you believe is going to last for a long time, and 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 all that. But at the same time, I think mountain bikers have to change. We have to buy less shit. You know, that's mm. that's not easy. I think that's that doesn't concern only mountain bikers. That's that yeah. concerns everyone in the world. And uh, I mean, I I think more that you should buy smarter uh, what you actually need and not just something that um, I don't know you just desire or what whatever. Um, no. I mean, well, selling your bike to somebody else to sec like a second hand, I don't think it's a bad thing when you get new new stuff and uh, yeah. that drives the industry and the technology and all that, but. Um, yeah, so, so that, I, I don't think that, that just, uh, I, um, uh, that buying new bike every year is not necessarily a bad thing. If, if, if the, 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 the products have a life cycle, mm -hmm. I mean, if they go to, uh, like, uh, somebody's beginning mountain biking at the end. So like, if you think about it, you, you see really, really old bikes in, in Whistler, for example. Mm -hmm. When you go there, there's kind of you can yeah. find really old bikes. The people are shredding them, like uh, like. So so I I don't think that the people are trashing the bikes. If you, if you put thousands of euros or, or dollars in your bike, and and uh, I think it's gonna be ridden to the bitter end. Yeah. Like, I think that all mountain bikes will get a good death, in, yeah. so to speak. But um, yeah, so consuming stuff that you don't actually need is is and um, using energy uh unwisely Th those are the things well, well look at this way so you buy a coffee uh like a filtered coffee machine so you can you can use more 
energy by just leaving it on than the whole process of making it easily uh, takes. Yeah. So, and, 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 uh, and one example is that if you change your refrigerator, let's say once in a year, that refrigerator uh, will consume less energy than the previous one, I guarantee it. Yeah. So, so if you think about it's a refrigerator, it doesn't hold a lot of material if you scrap it. It's foam and a little bit of like plastic metal around it, and the compressor. Yeah. This, it doesn't have a lot of material in it, but the the but it's on all the time. Do you do you get me? So you yeah. need to produce that energy. It's, it it could be fossil. It could be uh, like coal or whatever. It, it depends where you are. So so that that those kind of choices are are pretty important. Yeah. In, yeah. in if we save want to save um, resources and also yeah. if you can produce something that is recyclable so you need, don't need to dig the like more minerals or 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 whatever yeah that's kind of a, that's that's what I think about the um, consuming and, and uh, resources and all that so so it's not if we go to um fast from conclusion to the other and forget everything else in between it's it's um i don't think it's a product kind of productive way of thinking yeah yeah given that your frames are are intended to last a long time and and be recyclable and all that and you just mentioned bikes being ridden for a long time you know ridden till they're dead basically would you ever consider a transferable warranty like to a second or even third owner i think like something like that we have it there you go <laughs> it's almost it's almost like it. i should do my homework before i talk to you <laughs> yes yeah, uh, well um yeah i know yeah we had a time we thought that yeah for the first owner because it's just um well let's put it this way i I want people to take responsible or on their own fuck ups. Like yeah. if you destroy your bike by yourself, we're not going to pay for that. We're, we're going to take care of our shit, like our bad job. I mean, yeah. that's our responsibility, even though it's the second owner who like, what do we care really who, who bought it first time? It's, I think it's, 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 it's in uh, your company's best interest, you know, to keep these people happy and keep them on your bike. Yeah. You know? And I, I like how does it change for the product if it goes from you to the next person? Yeah, what, it's still our. It's the same product. So I think the amount of time and the usage and all that should define how long it should last. Not only the years, but it's really hard. The warranty thing is it's it's complicated, so to speak. Some people are in. They shred the bike to pieces in one year because they are just. If you like think about it, you only ride Whistler and you buy some Enduro frame, you do only uh, like Dirt Merchant and A line, you do all that corner, the big corner where people break bikes, you always send it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you drop everything, all the drops to the bottom and all that. So, so that's a different scenario that somebody is just riding Squamish area only. Yeah. So, so it's it's hard to kind of define, but it kind of levels out with uh, with um, many people. So then you get the average of 
of it. And uh, yeah, so so of course, like if you have been sending the bike all the time and it breaks within the warranty period, it, it, there's a different ways of looking at, okay, this is wear and tear. And if you have material fault or manufacturing fault, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, Leo, I, I personally really like how your bikes look. I just want you to know that before I ask you this question because a lot of commenters seem to think they don't look uh, beautiful. <laughs> you might, you might want to say, I think they look pretty neat. Couldn't you make them, could you make them look less polarizing or are you, do you, do you like yeah. them to look like this? And this is my question, dude. I mean, um, uh, our bikes are always performance driven. I'm an industrial designer myself. And so, so for example, if we look at the machine, people love that curve and the top tube and, and that's, that's what people say. Well, could, couldn't you make them more curvy and all that? Yeah. So yeah, I would like to, but I mean, when I'm engineer, I'm also engineering the bike. I, I want to, I, I'm, I'm trying to be as pragmatic as possible when I design the frame and the performance is one. And, and then, um, I always, um, look at the aesthetics in, in a point of view, um, that they are in, if we think about like, uh, industrial design principles there, they are following those principles. But when we, when we, uh, think about the public, they always compare it to what, whatever else is out there. Yeah. So of course, if we look at Boima, for example, it's, it's so <laughs> different and they compare it to orange, which has similar portions on the swing arm, even though orange is mono pivot and we have uh, four bar. So it's just, um, if you look at the shadow only, like, so they have similarities, of course. Yeah. So, um, well, there's people who like it and people don't like it. And um, for sure, uh, I think business-wise, it would be ideal to try to um, kind of make it less alien yeah. for most That's of the people. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and, and probably I'll... Uh, that's like in our future goals that we we focus more on the uh, aesthetic side and uh, because it's a no-brainer that if you can make uh, of course let's let's think about for example Tesla it's it's if you look at the car you can spot every Tesla when they approach you yeah. and people don't like the look some people don't some people do so but the good thing is uh, for Tesla is that they have a car that stands out. So, so it's not necessarily a bad thing that you stand out. People notice your your product. And I'm talking business. This is like not not really. It's it's a we're going to like um, um, in in different um, direction with this. But anyway, yeah, I I would say that something could be more conventional looking but if you look mm -hmm. at most of the bikes they look the same so that's yeah. i don't want to have a bike that looks the same as the rest of them as well but that's not my intention i go for the the performance and the, the features uh, let's put it this way it's not easy to put two bottles inside the front triangle and have 190 millimeter of travel yeah. that is not easy 
it's not easy to arrange the bike so that you have all these features um and also with straight tubes which are the stiffest uh straight line is always stiffer than than curved line yeah. so if you think about that it's 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 kind of a maybe makes uh, the, uh, if you want to make sense why Boima looks this way that's the that's the reason okay yeah that makes sense we want to me. certain I mean, features for the bike yeah like i said just for the record i like the way it looks leo <laughs> i like the fact that it's different yeah, it stands yeah. out man it stands out you know yeah yeah, yeah personally i like uh, when when i look at people riding it it's it's like if you uh that's it looks really good when i see people riding of course it's um different when when you see it going with a with a rider than on 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 a normal like a just uh standing in the studio and all that but yeah. i mean um all the all the lines they follow the certain design and i'm i'm happy with the design and, and so so yeah it's some people like something don't I, it doesn't really matter that much for yeah. me good good answer um when when you go riding how often are you riding your e-bike compared to your mountain bike? Um, at the moment, most of my rides are on on uh, e-bike, and uh, yeah, uh, well, that's not a secret. We're we're doing the um, mountain bike, the motorless version. Yeah. Um, I don't know what what you guys call like you you say mountain bike, so it's it's a mountain bike, and this is an e-bike. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I I. I ride both pretty much, but um, e-bike with e-bike I can do uh, more, more, um, more riding, which I like. I, I can go all out up hills and like it's totally different sport. I mean, when when I go ride my e-bike, yeah. And um, so I like the the fact that I can go. Like how I ride my e-bike was if I do a trail ride, like uh, like yesterday I did a uh, 50 kilometers. So so uh, I, on the flat because it's limited to 25 kilometers per hour. I always kind of let the motor do most of work. But when I see an uphill, I charge it full. Like I go as fast as possible up, and of course fast as possible downhills as well. Yeah. And and I do e-bike. I ride e-bike in bike park as well because I like the, the weight of the oh. bike, how it handles yeah. uh, in the in the berms. And uh, I feel that I can go faster with the e-bikes in, in certain parts. And, and on rough stuff, it's so much, the, the, it's so much planted. And, and also like, like the weight isn't the issue. You can pop it all, almost similarly as, as a, <laughs> As a motorless, I think sport. you're stronger than me, Leo. <laughs> I didn't find that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. are you riding? Are you riding other companies' e-bikes? The, the reason that I ask is that I don't spend a lot of time. Oh, on you e asked that question, yeah. To be fair, but yeah. um, whenever I get on an e-bike, not all the time, but a lot of times, I am blown mm. away by how unrefined they are. To be honest, like these wires everywhere and clunky motors and, and, and things like that. And I'm always, to be completely honest with you, I'm going to sound like a dick for a minute, but mm. I'm, I'm always amazed at <laughs> what people will put up with to make the climbing easier. Like a lot of these bikes don't ride well and they're super rattly um, and just unrefined, you know? 
not specifically yours. I haven't ridden yours. Uh, but do you ever find yeah, that? I'm sure you've Seb, ridden other Seb people's has. bikes. Um, not really, actually. I don't benchmark. <laughs> so so the, uh, I, I'm totally being honest. I've only, only ridden... My first e-bike experience was with a Mondraker uh, e-bike back in, I don't know, 2017, roughly. Yeah. I, yeah. I borrowed Michael Saunders' bike in, in Malaga. I just wanted to know how it feels like going uphill with the e-bike. And, and uh, he was raving about the e-bikes all the time. And, and we're like, okay, I'll try. And um, yeah, the, well, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it out. I'm, I'm not going to um, talk about other other bikes because I'll sound like a dick if I, because I can't <laughs> leave, it, leave that to me, like, Leo. I, just, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people think, think I'm a dick anyway. But uh, yeah. um, so, and then the next one was 2019, and mm -hmm. I tried Turbo Levo just to know how the Brose motor feels. Like. That's a good one. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. So so, the reason why I don't benchmark or ride uh, other bikes. Uh, like regular basis is just I don't I want to create my products my way and and uh, I want my ideas to be fresh and I don't start comparing so yeah. so um, I have certain ways of uh, my design process and validation of my my uh, uh, engineering so so um i might unconsciously try to aim at something if i would try other bikes mm -hmm. uh like like benchmark them and i want to hit that but the, the, i i want to shoot higher in performance always so yeah so um so that's that that is the reason um so um about the refining refining the e-bikes what you said is is that um yeah i i can't really, really compare but um the sound that the motors make the this the, the free will sound is um yeah it's different but then you could have a loud bike with a chain rattling around which e-bikes don't have because you have mm -hmm. a free wheel and on the on the motor so in that sense e-bikes are uh they have less sound um about the rattling it could be batteries and all that kind of yeah loose and whatever but but yeah it's i understand i don't want to ride a noisy bike it's it's so annoying yeah so yeah. so i i put quite a lot of effort that we don't have a noisy bike so Good. yeah yeah i i went to your website leo just before we started chatting here today just to check out the stamina maybe maybe i want one you know and it's not yeah. on your website. Yeah. I couldn't find any machined aluminum mountain bikes on your website. Just just e-bikes. Uh, I know you mentioned yeah. a couple times oh, you're yeah. you're going to yeah. have the 190 motorless Viama. Are there any plans well, for something yeah. with less travel, like a you know like a trail bike, in made of that same aluminum machine frame? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, we are. Uh, in a position that we we our production is running full capacity all the time, and we we have sold so many boy mass uh, that 
it's hard to fit in any mm -hmm. development processes. And and like I said, we cut 70% of that um, labor off from, from, from stamina to Boima. So even though we would like to make them, it's hard to put them into the process. So mm -hmm. it, uh, we would need to, I could make the stamina with the new, new way, but that would, we would need to, uh, go through the development process, which is done with the same machine. So, so it's, it's, we, we were, uh, we were going to increase our production capacity by buying more machines, but the, the, the like the pandemic also made, made that well, like, like, uh, new machines were available 2019, just within one month notice, kind of, if mm -hmm. you don't have anything like really, really special now it's one year. So, oh. Yeah, we couldn't get it's we just can't get more capacity and and if somebody's saying why don't you subcontract some something but it's not so easy like we've had um our process is so refined that it's not easy to teach to uh another company plus we have all our bonding and, and surface treatment all in in one place so mm -hmm. so it would it would destroy the the uh, profit or like I mean that it wouldn't be profitable to do it that way so so what we're doing at the moment we're we're uh, expanding our production and we're we're we have a plan of putting quite a lot more machines and put uh, more automation and all that so in future we will have definitely different kind of products and uh, I, I like <laughs> some people thought that uh, we uh, like we're not anymore it's a mountain biking company because we make only the e-bike it's like um it's not like that it's just um like i'm i'm i'm, I'm going to madeira again racing the the normal like mountain bike race five-day race uh and i've done it for for years this is my sixth time mm -hmm. doing that five-day race and and i i'm i have this um so my intention is still um, and our, our, our brand still wants to make, uh, all kind of mountain bikes. So it's, it's not, it's not gone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but if you're selling a ton of, of e-bikes, yeah. you want to sell what you're making. You're right. You know, you want to, you want to make what you can sell. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and, and what, what we believe in with, with our e-bike, it's, 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 I don't know. You need to try it. Like, um, it's what i'm uh, you know I'm, I'm really really riding hard and i i'm fit and all that but but like man this like riding with an e-bike it's just that with um i don't know how it's in other e-bikes i just have been riding this one really really a lot and yeah. i like the the thing that i can do do um more yeah that's like big, bigger stuff and going going up and like I, I can do more laps faster yep. i can do the downhills m more times so that's the that's the point yeah yeah all right let's let's change gears a little bit leo i want to talk about the comment section with you <laughs> <laughs> i uh i see you answering pretty much everybody under a lot of the the articles you know I mean, I've had a lot of experience on the internet, Leo, and it could be a pretty rough place sometimes. I'm, I'm going to put myself in your shoes for a minute and 
you've created something that's that's really interesting and you obviously believe in it um and you're making a really neat product but there are also some challenges of course but if if i were you i'd want to be in the comment section as well like defending and and answering and letting people know like your true thoughts about things but man like i've seen it be pretty rough in there um how, how how did that go? Let's just start with that. Like in the past, it looks like it's gone rough. Has that been has that been difficult for you to to take that kind of criticism or or how how's it been? Well, I don't mind criticism. It's it's like and or people having different opinions or whatever. Um, why I stopped actually commenting on on Pink Bike uh, after the uh, stamina incident because I I truly didn't um find it any way productive mm-hmm. anymore yeah. so yeah. so in the early days i really were i i was i were having a, like a like a normal argument kind of but but uh, during the last after after the uh, stamina where there was there was a couple of like mis well let's put it this way you guys handled our our uh, stamina swing on breakage well it was good however i had my opinion about it i released the story before you guys launched your story yeah and 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 people didn't look at the timestamps at all they thought that that was the answer to your your story and i think that changed the narrative quite a lot if you think it that way yeah so I got a stamp, like like a stamp that this guy's a dick, and uh, whatever I said, it's it, whatever I said, it was kind of um, people started making fun of those. Whatever I said, it, it doesn't didn't matter. You couldn't and win. Yeah. I, I well, whatever I said, it didn't matter. There was uh, people just wanted to bash on on whatever, and. Um, I, I realized uh, at that point it's pointless. I I won't engage any of the conversation anymore. I I just leave it as it is. In um, yeah, where, where I want to engage a conversation is that if me I can learn something out of it. It's like whenever whenever I start an argument with somebody who understands geometry or suspension or whatever. I think it's always good to kind of have both points and talk around it and nobody has to be right and still we can learn some, something out of it. Mm-hmm. And on internet, there's um, um, people think that, that when you state something, you, you type something, um, you think you're absolutely right. Like if you, put a point so so uh, and and also there's different kind of levels of people commenting that you don't know what kind of experience they had like uh what kind of trails they ride bikes whatever how old what occupation whatever so Mm -hmm. so on 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 forums it's really hard to kind of keep any kind of level of of arguments because somebody's going to troll and you never kind of know which is troll or uh, some people are so clever at trolling that 
because you don't see their faces and uh, or yeah <laughs> me so so uh <laughs> so so basically uh, people have told me that get off those forums dude and that's not worth it and then but i've learned a lot from from uh from a, a lot of people by just talking around stuff yeah but i'm also if i know something i'm i'm trying to make a point but yeah you can't win even though you know you're right or whatever so if it's a kind of a fact-based thing that you're talking about and somebody yeah. will pull out some stuff and then send you a bunch of links and like so um that yeah i got uh fed up on it and i thought that yeah uh, i'm gonna rather talk podcast with you and probably we're yep. gonna get a lot of shit below somewhere <laughs> people are commenting and i i want you to answer so, the comments under this podcast though okay leo could you do that <laughs> when it goes live yeah. we'll see <laughs> Let, oh, yeah let's see I'm, I'm i'm gonna start like i can if if I, yeah i can promise to answer something which is if, if it's a real question or something like that but, yeah. but just yeah. um there, there's going to be people saying the same sh the stuff that I'm a dick and whatever. I don't know, uh, because I don't recognize myself from those some of those comments. I don't know if they understand who I am. Do they know who I am actually? Have they met me or whatever? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it's just some some comments I don't kind of recognize. That. I'm I haven't done that or whatever. Yeah, but the other thing too, Leo, is it's easy to forget that. I mean, like I mentioned before. You've created something and your heart and soul is into this. So like you are going to have like a more visceral response to some feedback than, you know, Joe Blow who doesn't really know anything. And I mean, I could speak to that from like writing something or working on a video and maybe maybe I said something wrong or wrote something wrong or didn't go quite right or I said something stupid, which is happens all the time and and I get attacked in the comments. Yeah. And man, I feel your pain, like, because the people don't know, you know, a lot of times, you know, some, sometimes it's a straight screw up. But yeah, it's, it's tough when like you have worked to create something, and then you're getting attacked online. And so I, I do sympathize with you, man, I would like to see you back in the comments, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the, the my problem, like, it's not a problem. But the point is that like, there's so many people who don't really n know anything about me yeah. and when they get like they don't they don't do their homework in 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 for example i've had comments that that guy probably doesn't write or or something like that it's like dude you just type my name in google and you you're find fast as shit leo you're fast ra race <laughs> racing results and videos of me riding or or whatever i i it doesn't mean if i don't mean that i i, I have I'm, I'm i'm i i don't mean that i i need to be fast or kind of whatever but but point is i ride that's that's the, like like um so so that kind of comments is like like am i in the wrong place or or that that's the feeling I get. So, I mean, I can, um, yeah. So, so, um, yeah, that, that's, it's, it's really, I, and also these people don't know anything about them, each other as well. It's kind of a, 
there are mm-hmm. some some guys on the forum who are regulars like and yeah you had conflicts with with wacky as well like he was <laughs> like the bread yeah. and butter of your comments and then shit got i don't know i just found out about later i was like what the fuck happened why, why wacky isn't is in the comments because i i sometimes i go there and just see like i some dudes are funny uh, like sometimes the the first comment is funny as fuck yeah but it is they're clever I, sometimes but, <laughs> but but i but the, the competition to get the funniest comment is like it's i mean is that the point really so yeah. but sometimes it's it's funny so so you should have two comment sections the 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 serious one and the, the, <laughs> the troll, trolling one next to yeah. each other so so i don't know okay so but yeah anyway it's a, yeah let's um, i want to go back we're all, yeah. we're almost wrapped up here leo i i want to go back yeah. to 2019 and i want to talk about that stamina again just for, for just a couple minutes I've said many times how much I like that thing. Uh, and then we had that, that swing arm issue. It had uh, prototype the wrong swing arm on it. Nobody knew. So I want to take, take it back to you at that time. You get an email from us. You're a, a relatively small company. That's got to be scary as hell. Like I basically want to know what was going on inside your head when you hear that this test bike that this media outlet has, that 150,000 people are going to watch this review... What what was that like to find out that the swing arm failed? That must have been quite the bad news, I imagine. Yeah, the first thing I was uh, like, like I do whatever fails is that I want to find the root cause of it. So yeah. first, first what the first thing I, I did was I, if I remember correctly, I asked you, can you show me the 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 swing arm so to make sure what it is because I knew that we had made really light ones and and I couldn't believe that it's there, but I had to make sure. And Your then- Your heart must have uh, sank when you saw that, eh? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, um, and, um, yeah that's the, 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 well, that was the first thing I, I wanted to make sure that, what, is, is that our production one? Like the, mm-hmm. the one we're gonna produce and um or not so uh it was the the lighter one which which we failed ourselves as well so then um yeah so it felt felt bad and and because we're a small company and we we we've invested a lot and other people's invested a lot in our company and and i felt that i'm failing uh, not only our customers, but our 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 um, our staff, our people who have been invested into the company, mm-hmm. and uh, so and yeah, I have a I have a, a uh, I have a big big stake. I mean, for me, I've, I've uh, financially bound to our company as well. It's my livelihood, and and uh, I put a lot of money and and effort into the company. And all that is is quite fragile in in consumer businesses. So yeah. so con, uh, consumer business is is pretty brutal if if you have if you have um, um, big failures or 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 bad press or whatever. It it can it affects a lot. So um, of course it felt 
really bad. And um, yeah, the, that's the reason why I wrote that my kind of counter argument on that, because I, I thought you guys would um, give me a chance to send the original swing arm to mm -hmm. test the real deal because I, I I know that you like the bike yeah. and so so you would could do the same test with a real real swing arm or and uh yeah and and um you didn't so so that felt uh to be uh, to be honest unfair uh yeah. but yeah it went how it went so I have no no grudges or like um or whatever. All right. Yep. Before I let you go, Leo, uh, I want to make you speculate a little bit. Uh, you were you were right about the geometry a few years ago. That's for sure. But let's fast forward to 2050. If you had to guess, 50. yeah, twenty something years in the future. If you had to guess, what what kind of head angles and reaches are we running? Are things going to be extremely different? from now or would they be you know slightly different i think the the bikes will be more um specific to the rider rather than like um just model that all shapes and sizes use mm -hmm. so so i think that um because the industry will expand it's already have expanded rapidly so so um more than 60 percent of pawn groups bikes are e-bikes for example which owns santa cruz that it's on their website you can check it out mm -hmm. so so i mean um like um there's this the the bicycle industry i think it's going to grow massively uh and and um so um so that's that's uh one thing what's what's gonna happen and so so you're gonna get more specific bikes per person uh, that's what i think and the geometries are i don't think they're gonna go like if we think about slacker bikes they're like like we talked about it's it's not gonna get insanely slack because it doesn't make any sense and uh i think we're not gonna get back and um and there's gonna be more innovations in drivetrain and suspension and um and all kind of stuff and you're there's more electronics involved like already we see in flight attendant and uh shimano just came out with their e-bike motor just connected to the drive like the automatic shifting and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. i think the innovations lie in 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 in, in um in different areas and uh, and they're more detailed so so for example if we if we think about cars for example this is a good example a cars five years ago if we think about this there wouldn't there wasn't any there there were evs uh but there weren't a lot of them but and all the cars kind of felt the same even though you get high uh, like a jaguar and then you get a volvo or whatever like similar like same uh same category they mm -hmm. all felt pretty much the same they all have the same features all kind of same look and feel and all that 
but now when you have EVs, you're like the different. The, the, it's gonna. It's it's so different. With um, if you hop in uh, into Tesla and and next day you go back in another car, they're totally different. So, but but in future, it's similar when when uh, there was. Nokia was the only viable kind of the, the market leader of uh, mobile phones. Mm -hmm. And then Apple came with their iPhone 4. And that day when iPhone 4 came out, Nokia knew that their, their product is inferior. Uh, Steve Jobs and Apple changed the world in that sense. But now if you look at the phones, if you get Samsung uh, or Apple, they look pretty much the same the look and feel is quite close uh so so i mean that's this kind of stuff is gonna uh uh is waiting down the line uh and it's already kind of happened in, in cycling industry so so um a lot of uh bikes they are pretty much the same same if you look at the e-bikes for example same suspension it's it's similar way range uh horse link or uh, this uh, kind of Yeti has their own design, but and Bolo has kind of uh, we have our own way of doing the suspension. But most of the bikes are pretty much the same. Um, mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. There must be something. Somebody's saying something, but I'm generalizing roughly. So, so and if you look back um, when when cars were uh, emerging, like different car brands there were so many car brands like like the, there was i don't know 100 let's say in the world like small car brands all making cars and now there's not so many car brands so so um most car brands emerged they somebody acquired uh them and put them together and all that 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 happened so so um it is quite quite actually uh, interesting that in bicycle industry there's there's so many small brands. It's still, like like every every year when you look at Pink Bikes news, there's a new bike brand coming up. Yeah, uh, many many of them. Like that's that's interesting. Like like in Canada, there's uh, like how many bike brands are now? Like there's so many. Like, I can't keep record of the, like all the bike brands that are emerging in Canada, and there used to be only. Uh, uh, a few, and now there's small brands like emerging a lot, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's uh, I mean that's that's interesting, and um, so so if we think about bikes and all that, it's like geometry is I think it's quite kind of there. The small smaller details. I might get personally some more ideas. But it's not going to be so so different than it was five years, uh, seven years ago when I designed Evolink because it was so different. It was fifteen to twenty centimeters longer our our medium frame to other medium frames, and yeah, I changed the geometry for Voima, for example, so that our BB is higher. It's it's level with the axles, and and there's there's several reasons why I did that. So, so, and that's the opposite, like long, low slack thing that was there. I personally understood it. Like our BB has never been really low. It's 20 millimeters and some mm. 
bad brands went like 40 or something like that. My low meant low uh, top tube because back then the top tubes were like quite high. Yeah. I mean, the standover height was, wasn't that like low, low profile was what I was thinking more or less. And um, so, so the idea behind higher BB is that uh, I think Seb Stott wrote an article about the weight balance and he, he got it pretty much right uh, that it it's not the low center of gravity of of uh is is not necessarily the, the best best of the best like i mean there are points for example if we have long uh wheelbase and we have um uh, so especially on e-bike you have more mass so how can you maneuver the bike easier for example manual so if you are higher Average. on the bike yeah, you get more leverage when your 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 handlebar is higher, your BB is higher. It's easier to pop the front wheel. So, so it's simple. It's yeah. it's just basic physics. So and about cornering, also when you sit a little bit higher, um, when you are hitting the corners, your your um, your bike doesn't want to stand up so much. Like uh, if you if you put your bike on the ground, you you can uh, you can we can make it stand up by pressing the pedal, the outside pedal. Have you, yep. you, there's a bike car trick for that. Uh, what people do. So so the same happens when you corner. If your outside foot is down and you corner, the bike wants to stand up. So keeping your feet level doesn't want make the bike stand up so much i mean like high side side the bike so um and also if you have higher higher bottom bracket height on on off cambers it's more stable and a bunch of stuff also more clearance for pedals and so forth so yeah so so that's the that's just i i just changed that on on uh recently that's the after seven years, that's my um, yeah. <laughs> thought. And so we did that for Evolink as well, which is the, the we have the 1.4. Uh, we just changed it a little bit, like a geometry updated, uh, uh, more progressive leverage ratio, a metric shock. C-tube is a little bit steeper and the BBs with the axles at the same level. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the... Uh, news on geometry from from my head so i since since we're talking about future stuff here leo i read an interview that actually rc did with you rc talked to you at sea otter many many years ago and you mentioned in there that you had an idea for an integrated rim and tire design and i i'm sitting there reading this i'm trying to picture out what that might look like can you can you explain that a little bit? I'm not sure if that's something you want to talk about or not, but I thought I'd try. Um, I have to uh, I have to read that. I don't recall. So the, <laughs> the rim and uh, tire t- integrated rim and did I say that exactly like that? Yeah, you said you had a, you had ideas for the future, including an integrated rim and tire design. Insert rim, uh, insert yeah insert and tire. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the, I I think that's the, that's the That's one. what you so, were meaning. So, yep. Yeah, and that, well, uh, well, 
Well, let, well, yeah, now I understand. So, so rim could be more um, like um, a, a lot of like, uh, I mean, um, some companies have done it uh, recently so that the rim, um, um, the bead is not so sharp anymore. They, they've made it more flat. That yeah. means more weight, but it's not going to destroy your tires that easy. So yeah. that's one. And also uh, for the for the tires, I was thinking about like uh, uh, I had an I have an idea of of uh, having the insert like putting um, similar materials into the tire as it is are in in the insert, and you could kind of uh, make a hybrid out of them. Yeah. But I mean, it would like I'm not chasing all my ideas and all that. But but I kind of want least, you to though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, I have limited resources on myself. Like, like I said, I have so many ideas, and I'm not even sure that would it. Well, there are many, many things that you, when you think about it, sounds crazy. But when if you start doing something about it, you yeah. can actually, you can actually uh, achieve that. And for example, I like, man, I've had so hard times with engineering like doing something i I, i've almost like been crying like why did i fucking start doing this because it's so hard so um when you're creating something new it would you it would be so much easier to just uh make a conventional design and try to just i could do similar stuff with like a, a conventional like horsling or something like that but yeah. there are i want to I want to uh, hit certain mark, like design markers that I've set, and I I can't do it with the traditional uh, suspension layout. So so I have to think creatively, and same time uh, with uh, how how do we manufacture it, uh, wall thicknesses, stiffness wise, um, stress, uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, bearing life. And yeah, you need to fit the bottles and all that. It's not easy. It's really, really complex. And uh, and that's the that's the that's the thing with bicycle design is that um, if you don't want to have compromises in in certain features, you end up <laughs> you end up uh, having long, long uh, days of just achieving nothing. Basically, mm -hmm. when you think it's so slow, and you, it's like you're drawing and erasing, drawing and erasing, so many times, and then you think you got it, and then you start 3D modeling, and you're like, okay, it doesn't fit, it's it's impossible, and you start over and over and over. That is that is so so frustrating. But when you get it done, nailed. It's it's also so rewarding when you when you get your bike and ride it and you find it like you've been looking at that thing on your computer screen for for half a year a year and you know every millimeter every every tolerance of it and then you get to ride that bike and also on top of that you have a bunch of customers who love the bike as well you get the feedback yeah and, an unreal and, feeling I imagine. Yeah, so 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 um so it's not really for <laughs> the, 
it, it's if if anyone wants to be a uh, entrepreneur in bicycle industry uh, you need really really good stress tolerance and and uh risk risk management as well so it's it's because the the, the i've been to, I, I i've been talking to other uh people who are in the industry that the bicycle industry is so unpredictable the lead times always are like uh like they even without the pandemic and all all that it's been always a mess there's so many companies involved in components and all this so it's it's so fragmented all the uh, supply chains and and so so it's it's like and the season it's seasonal as well so so that that is that that is something that um and it's that's why it's interesting as well yeah so, a lot of challenges it's a complicated business isn't it yeah it's it's and yeah and, and we're doing the it uh, direct to consumer model so 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 we we basically handle so much ourselves at the same time so we 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 do the marketing we manufacture we design we we have the quality control material handle, handling logistics uh customer service sales so so it's a, it's it's it some people think it's very simple that you could fix that and change that and it, it's 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 not that simple it's it's pretty hard Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it depends on what your goals are as well as a as a company, and so yeah, yeah, okay. So I don't remember what the question was, but yeah, <laughs> I'm there. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> um, before before yeah. I let you go, Leo, I want to re ask you a question. Earlier in the podcast, I asked you yep. uh, who, what company's bikes? If you if you couldn't ride your own bikes, what company's bikes would you be interested in riding? Well, um, I can name a few. It's like, um, because I can rule out, uh, those companies. I, I, I sorted out like this. I rule out those companies that don't have any passion. So what is left? Um, I think, I think that if we start, um, start kind of looking at uh, bike brands, um, that have, Clearly, they have passion, and they're not corporate level. Like, let's rule out Trek and Specialized and all that kind of big, big, big uh, bike brands. So mm-hmm. I'm just not like I know that they have good uh, bikes and and they do uh, amazing things. But there's more but to it than my, that sometimes, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I, my mental, like my my mentality is more that I want to find something that is is that it still has that uh, kind of um yeah i think specialized doing is pretty good they 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 could have like um i think they're hiring people that are are uh, pretty passionate what i found from some interviews and all that like uh well how they design their e-bikes for example so so i think they're doing good job there um but yeah, let's go because it's a huge company and all that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a specialized bike. Um, 
and yeah so so now we're looking at like yetis um well santa cruz is all, all kind of all already and they haven't really changed anything for a long time mm-hmm. so who's who's chasing uh like innovations so so that that's what i would go so there's um like somebody would say that okay you would pick a privateer for example but yeah but they're kind of they just they don't have that their innovation is very minimal and they're kind of uh opportunists in the market so to speak i, I don't want to criticize they're probably doing a good job as well and um and uh so so i would yeah it's it's hard to pick but but that's my that's how i would start to select some brand that bike mm-hmm. i would ride i can't name any any of those but you kind of get the point i guess yeah so I, I don't know if the uh, people listening kind of get my point but yeah. yeah dude i i'm i'm kind of on the same page as you like everything is pretty dang good these days you know yeah and for me because of that i want a bike with you know, an interesting story behind it, an interesting fall, an interesting history, some interesting technology, something behind it. And I understand that the average consumer probably doesn't want that because that could be trouble. I'm in a privileged position, of course, where I can try lots of things and stuff. But yeah, no, for me, like, I just want something different. I want to, you know what it is? They, people always say things like when you park your car and you walk away from it, if you turn around and look at your car as you're walking away from it, you bought the right car. That's how I want to feel about my bike. That's exactly how I want to feel about my bike. I want to be excited to see it. Yeah. For whatever reason. uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is, that's the, that's the thing. That's the, that's the thing. What I, um, I've actually, uh, typed that in, in our, our, in our, uh, in our vision that my, my, also that's a kind of vision mission i i want uh people who buy our products to have that feeling that i'm i'm glad that i bought this bike yeah. i i i like you know that you when you have a product that like a, it's jeans or whatever it is that you want like i i have certainly some piece of clothing that i just wear every day yeah i have a <laughs> And I just wear them out, and then I'm like, oh, I want the same again. So, yeah. so I'm, I mean, I mean, if you have, if you have found some product that you really enjoy, and so that's the same thing. You look back and of your things, whatever they are, and that's that's the feeling I want to create, and that's the feeling I want to have when I, whenever I buy something. But but there's kind of there's like because I'm a a bicycle engineer i i would start to think about the um the all the like how can a service and all that so so yeah. that's why that would rule out some of the companies i, I just mentioned because i i'm i, you I know I too much pragmatic <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah so so uh, so um so that's that that's why i i, I can't name I would do, need to do my research. <laughs> I'm that I can't say a yeah. particular brand, but uh, but uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So but that those are my rules. Kind of, I start would start from from the from the passion, and then yeah. roll out with uh, serviceability and uh, of course the performance and 
all that stuff. But one thing I know is that by just looking at the the geometry numbers and uh, and uh, uh, all that kinematic spec, you can't. Uh, it, nobody can say how the bike rides. Yeah, I've true. I've like uh, and and because it, the data might not be typed correctly or uh, or for many of reasons and uh, and then there's a lot of things that come into play like i said the materials and and all the how the bike is is the shock to the tires that spec some of the parts some of the parts yeah yeah Yeah. and even even like anti-squat even though i i I i'm not going to mention any bike brands but even though when you look at the graphs of that, it should pedal great, but when you start pedaling, it's not. So, yeah. so. Um, but there's another. That's another talk. I know why is it like that, but but that's yeah. That's another. another Dude, that's. That's why we don't, most of us, like Chasm and I, we don't look at the numbers too much or at all. Like we want to make sure we're on the right size bike. But other than that, for the large majority of the testing process, I'm not, I don't care how much the company says it has for anti squat. I don't give a shit. You know, like I'll look yeah. later. I just want to ride the bike for a couple of weeks first. <laughs> yeah. The numbers, whatever yeah. they say, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've, I've had you for a while. I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to wrap this interview up with one last question, Leo. It's not bike related. <clears throat> Have you ever seen a UFO or anything unexplainable out there while you've been riding bikes, Leo? <laughs> um, and not really that. And I, uh, well, the, 